0: Hey everybody! Welcome to Geeky Dads talk about geeky things. I'm JJ Johnson, and joining me today is Ted Ashley, and we are going to be discussing all things Kenobi. Ted, what's going on, man? Hello there. All right. So, you know,
1: yeah, I, I had to. I had to say it. I had to say it.
0: <laughs> all right. So tonight, Ted and I are going to talk about Kenobi. It just finished airing last week. And we had to jump on here and discuss this. Before we get started, you know, Star Wars is an incredible, passionate, and large fan base. And that's exciting uh, to me. And when you have a passionate and large fan base like this, there's going to be some disagreements from time to time. Uh, There's going to be a little bit of division, and that's okay. Uh, there are a lot of people that like what Disney's doing with Star Wars. There are a lot of people that don't. And then there are a lot of people that are sort of indifferent about it. They're just excited to have more Star Wars content. Uh, regardless of which camp you fall into, I love all Star Wars fans. But tonight, Ted and I are going to stay away from you know, hating on anything or dissing anything. And mainly just focus on the things we love. Now, there are some things that we probably have some questions on. Uh, That came out in the story and, you know, your basic nitpicky things that we as authors pick up on from time to time. But for the most part, we're just going to talk about the things that we love. And we want to invite you to do that as well by joining our Discord channel and coming in and letting us know what you enjoyed about Kenobi as well. So, Ted, we're going to break this up into four sections. We're going to talk about what we love first, because, you know, that's the most important part of this. Um, I have a lot of things I loved. I'm sure they're the exact same things that you <laughs> loved as well. So let's get into it. What did you love about Kenobi, man?
1: Well, wh- where I would start with, was, would be just be the theme. And I saw this really as a, as a theme of, of, first of all, the passing of the torch, just that that staying strong until the next choice, until that next threshold, that next moment of unity. It's people like Obi Wan and Bale and Brea and Tala and Roken and all of them who are standing strong and they're 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 creating this environment so that that torch can be passed, so that they can they can safeguard it until a new hope, which is kind of the you know that it's going to kick off the the journeys of Luke and Leia, but it's also kind of a culmination of all the noble work that we've seen from these characters. It's it's that ending that's a beginning, and I just I love the way that kind of weaves the tapestry. And then the, the second theme that I just so love that this uh, series got into was this idea of defeating your enemy with mercy. And we see that in the flashback fight between Obi-Wan and Anakin, you know, where, where Anakin's like, hey, you can't defeat your enemy with mercy. And then that's exactly what Obi-Wan does on that nameless moon is he shows Vader mercy. And then we turn right around and Reva shows mercy to luke and ultimately if you if you roll it all the way forward to return of the jedi you have luke staring down the emperor tossing away his lightsaber again showing mercy and that kind of paves the way for anakin's ultimate redemption when when he when he takes on palpatine
0: yeah you know that you know and and getting into this you know this idea of mercy I, i saw a lot of people complaining about well, why didn't some of these characters just make sure that their enemy was dead? And I think that was one of the things that a lot of people had a problem with. They're like, why didn't she make sh- sure the Grand Inquisitor was truly dead? Why didn't Vader make sure she was dead? And, and why didn't Obi-Wan just finish Vader off right there? And for a lot of people, it didn't make sense. But that theme of defeating your, your, your enemy with mercy, and then when he m- makes that line, and he says, you didn't kill Anakin Skywalker. Oh, I did. Chills. <laughs> oh, I did. And it, it brought back, it, it, it tied into A New Hope, that part where Obi-Wan's saying, you know, Vader killed your father. And, you know, talking about it from a certain point of view, it just sort of closed that loophole right there because it was so, so true. Now, one of the things I liked about this show And I don't want to get into The Last Jedi a little too much, but, you know, because a lot of people didn't like what they did with Luke necessarily in The Last Jedi. He's off. He's cut himself off from the force. He's sort of living this hermit lifestyle. And I think one of the reasons a lot of people didn't connect with that is they didn't really have an emotional connection with what happened between Luke and Kylo. They understand, yeah, he failed him. They understand that he failed his sister in some way. And we didn't have the emotional connection that we have with, with Obi-Wan and Anakin. And you see that grief. this is a, this is a guy that has, you know, has basically is grieving, losing his friend because he believes that Anakin is dead and, you know, was completely lost to the dark side. He truly believed that he didn't, he didn't know that. But another part that I liked about this is that Obi-Wan's, motivation of of cutting himself off is really for the purpose of keeping Luke safe more than anything and I felt like they they told this that story by showing us here is here is Obi-Wan who has you know kind of just developed this I mean this was a guy that was at the top and you know all of a sudden here he is working this Life in this industrial factory, you know, packing the meat up, slicing a piece off, you know, wrapping it up, clocking out, taking, you know, the transport back to his home, feeding his camel-looking creature there, going back to his cave, and they showed that over and over and over to kind of drive this point home that his life is is pretty much he's not the hero. You know, the world that the universal hero that he wants was he's living this life, but he's not necessarily. Yeah, he's grieving, but his main motivation for doing it is to protect Luke and to keep Luke safe. And I thought that in that first episode, they did a fantastic job of really, really, really showing that. Mm-hmm. Let me get your thoughts on this. Um, how do you think how do you feel about the way they portrayed Vader in this?
1: Oh, it's some of the best acting that Hayden's ever done as Vader. I mean, the, especially the the scene that you're talking about, um, where where he you know tells Obi Wan that that you know Darth Vader killed him, and the way they use the lighting of the blue lightsaber and the red lightsaber. You know, as Obi Wan's trying to reach out to him, the the blue lightsaber's reflecting off, but then as as Vader kind of takes over, and he even gets like this evil grin on his face as he's as he's giving that line and i just it was really neat to see vader kind of in his prime here the duel between vader and reva was incredible i've never seen a lightsaber battle quite like that before and just the disdain of vader you know like you're not even worthy of me pulling my lightsaber out i'm just going to like show you i'm so much more powerful in the force than you i'm just gonna force you know push you all around But I just I thought they did such a great job of just showing how you know he is so obsessed with Obi-Wan and he wants to prove himself so much, and it's in that that he undoes himself.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I really felt like they made Vader into the villain that we all knew he was. They made him into the villain that we fear. And you know, that battle between him and Reva. I mean, I'm just sitting there thinking. This this guy is motivated by revenge in such a way and it's the thing that is keeping him from winning. And it just it shows exactly how evil he really is. And I I felt like yeah, I feel like this probably showed Vader in a more villainous way than I've seen him in a long time. And I think that was a good thing because vader is to be feared and i felt like you know sometimes you don't get that necessarily all the time but in this one you really got the sense that this is somebody that everyone in the universe fears and i think that was a good thing i really like the way they pulled that off
1: and it just shows you the empire the empire at its core from palpatine on down it's all built on fear you right. know, I know a lot of people had a problem with, with with part of the escape scene where, you know, Obi-Wan is sneaking Leia out kind of under this jacket, but it just shows you how much fear controls it. Nobody wanted to make a scene. Nobody wanted to question anything like, no, I'm just going to go about my business because it's all fear driven from the top down. And it's that it's that fear that paralyzes and it paralyzes good decision-making. You know, somebody probably saw that and like, yeah, I should probably say something they're like, no, I might, I might get my head taken off for it. So they just, I'm just right. going to do my job. You know, you, you see this sometimes in, in places where you've got a manager who rules I fear. It's like, Hey, you know, this is probably not a great process, but you know what? I'm just going to do my job, put in my eight hours and go home.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I think one way they drove that fear home is when they're, uh, I forget which planet they are on. It's the one where they get on sort of the this guy's transport and they're taking a ride. Mefuso, Mefuso. Yeah, yes, yes. And, you know, he's got the flag on the back of his, his little transport ship there. And, you know, you just kind of look at that and you realize, okay, this guy will sell me out in the heartbeat, you know. And it just kind of, you know, drives home that idea that you don't know who your enemy is you don't know who your friend is and and life has changed and I you know I don't want to I don't want to move away from Kenobi but that's one thing I think Disney's doing really well of and I think they really showed that world building and how the empire changes things in the bad batch and I think mm, you love getting- the bad batch oh I absolutely love it. it's one of my favorite me and my kids are rewatching it right now and in preparation for the second season but one of the things that you know, they sort, they sort of do the same thing here. They start to drive home that idea that, you know, you got the underground network trying to to move people around. And I think that they do such a great job of showing that portion of the world building here and with, with that idea of fear. And it, it's, it's really good for me. Um,
1: you know, what was so scary about that guy, though, was when you look at that banner, he made that. That wasn't a printed right. banner that the empire did. he he painted that himself. Like exactly. he was like all in, and just like it just shows you like even as an as an alien species who we know is not going to be treated well by the empire. Like he had bought in. Like he's like, yeah, this is a good thing.
0: Yeah, and and, and you know that's not far fetched from outside of what we see within within our history. When you look at you know, world history, whether it's you know World War II and, and Nazi Germany or. Soviet Russia, as far as under Stalin, you know, there was a lot of that type of thing going on. People yeah. who were devoted, and you had no idea who was your friend, who was your foe, who yep. you could trust, who you could not trust, who would hide you, who would sell you out. And I think that you get a really good sense of that that concept and world building here. Um I will say this: uh, one thing I want more of, and I, I love seeing different places. That kind of bring in a new element, and oh, what is it? Is it is it Dayu? How do yeah, you say Di- Dayu? Dayu, yeah, yeah very
1: similar c- to like a Narshada.
0: Yeah, yeah. So this whole cyberpunk esque planet, I want more of that. I absolutely dug that, and that's a part of Star Wars that I want to see more of. I want to see these different locations, these different places, and things like that, and just being able to see something different than. You know what we're used to seeing, I, I really enjoyed and I, I thought it was fun. So
1: it reminded me a little of the kind of underground area that Obi Wan and Anakin go to in Attack of the Clones when they're chasing the bounty hunter,
0: right? Right, kind right. Kind of
1: that thing, it had kind of that feel to it for me.
0: And that's kind of how I felt too. And uh, you know, when, when they're up on the rooftop and you really get a sense of that cyberpunk type style in the, up on the rooftop.
1: Yeah, I want all a right. spinoff series with the dinosaur bounty hunter.
0: Oh, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So um, anything else you, you just absolutely love that you wanted to talk about? Well, there, 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 were,
1: there, were, there were two things that, that – well, a couple things. I mean, I could – I literally, we could be here all night. But there's just a couple things that I loved how they kind of patterned each episode off its corresponding episode of the movies. Like episode right. one is very similar to Phantom Menace and and they go and there's parallels almost in every single episode to that, to that episode. But I also love what they did with Obi-Wan's costuming. Like he starts out in that butcher outfit that you were talking about. Yeah. And then we get kind of this wandering Jedi look. And then he goes to this tunic kind of, you know, symbolizing a, a rebirth to the cloak when he fully you know, and he starts using his moves from the prequels again. And then at the very end, you know, he's got the the, the sash and the goggles just out of um, the comics uh, that, that happened right after this. There's a, there's a comic series from Marvel that happens just after this, but it's also very close to what he's wearing in A New Hope. And I just love how this series, like for me, it really enhanced A New Hope. You know, you saw the evolution of Owen Lars, who's this kind of happy-go-lucky kind of, kid in attack of the clones but now you kind of see how he becomes that grizzled farmer that we meet in a new hope how he got the limp you know the the line from obi-wan in a new hope about i'm getting too old for this sort of thing it hits differently now because it's like this is the first time people have come to him right um, and then the whole meeting with han solo takes on a new meaning because now it makes so much more sense like he knows han's completely full of it but he also sees his heart he sees he's the right person, not just the right pilot, and it's it's lessons he learns from Haja. you know, right. and the very fact that he's not shocked that Vader is alive, like he's been before this, you know, like well he's been living on Tatooine, like you know he left Anakin on Mustafar thinking he was dead, but then and, and you saw the shock when he found out in Episode Three, you know, but now we we understand that, and then and then finally when he refers to Vader on the Death Star as Darth, because up to this point he had always called him anakin but he utters that line you know my friend is truly dead which is an echo of my father is truly dead from return of the jedi and it just shows that acceptance of obi-wan of like Mm -hmm. my my friend anakin is truly gone you're no longer my friend my friend is dead you're just another sith you're just another darth like sidious like tyrannis like all the rest
0: yeah yeah and you know going back to uncle owen when he's standing there, face to face with against Riva, oh, in, uh, in Square, and I'm just like, this guy does not get enough credit. Yeah. This is a guy, him name Brew. Did I say that right, Brew? Brew, yeah, yeah, okay. He, uh, the, those two, I want, I want more of them because the sacrifice that they have to endure in order to keep Luke safe as mm-hmm. well. That's something I think is overlooked. And because, let's face it, Anakin knew he was there. Anakin went there in what, what I think was was Attack of the Clones? He went there. He met his brother. He knows he's there. And so it's kind of like, all right, this is a guy that's living on edge the entire time. I'm sorry, Aunt Beru is just, she's bad. I mean, (laughs) I I wanted to see more of her. This is is a woman that's not going to let anybody come between her and and Luke, I mean, I mean, Jesus. she's the one
1: who put the guns there. Like she's she, you know, right. like, wait, where did this come? Like, no, I knew this was happening, dude.
0: And, and you, know, I, I, you know, I think that's true of all moms in a way. I tell yeah. people time you, you you come near my kids. You probably rather face, face me than my wife. I mean, that's a mama bear. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, this is this is something I, I want to see more of them. And I love the way he just kind of stands there and takes it. And, you know, Obi-Wan says, thank you. And he's like, I didn't do it for you. And, yeah. you know, he's kind of got that gruff attitude towards him that's, that's developing. Because here's a guy that's taking on a responsibility. He didn't ask for this responsibility. It was thrust on him. And he knows the, the sacrifice that it requires. Now, one thing that I think I heard a lot of people talk about is, oh, there's no stakes in this show. You know. Yeah, we all know Leia comes out alive. Yeah, we right. all know Vader lives, Obi-Wan lives, Luke lives. We all know they live. What's at stake here? And I I don't think that it this is necessarily a show about stakes, because let's face it, you know, the main character's uh, Obi-Wan, but Reva is really the protagonist of this story. She's the one that changes the most. Yes, yes. And I think that what's at stake here is is showing how what happened. And what is continuing to happen under the empire's regime and how it affects people on a day-to-day basis. And it's not always about the main characters all the time.
1: You know, I I completely expected us to get another battle in episode six. The, The whole arc they were doing with Riva in that last I was shot i like I like the whole time I'm going this can't be dude, no no like obi has gotta gotta leave dude you gotta get over there like and like the whole time I, I was just that completely surprised me I mean it's it's the stakes problem is something you're gonna have anytime you're dealing with a prequel you know I mean it's like oh. yeah we we know it, it's sort of like you know my my daughter's introducing some of her friends to, to Marvel and they they're watching the movies out of order so they'll watch one of the older ones and it's like one of the characters gets in a tense situation. They're like, no, you've got more movies to make.
0: <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, me and my kids are doing the same thing. We're watching them in, in story order, so you know, with Captain America and then with Captain Marvel, and we're just watching them story order. And it's it's amazing. It's a fun experience to to watch them that way. And you know, I think I think this is this is the curse of you know our generation X, you know our generation where we grew up with the original trilogy. So, we watched the prequels, and we're like, eh, you know, I mean, I, I like I like all Star Wars regardless, but, you know, you don't get the sense of, of dread, because you know Obi-Wan lives. You know Anakin becomes Darth Vader. And, you know, it's it's kind of like there's a new generation, my kids, you, you know, your kids, who are getting to watch these, you know, and they can... My kids started with episode one, mm-hmm. The Phantom Minutes. That was the first thing they ever saw. So, for them, they dig it all the way through. And I think that's that's for me because let's let's kind of move into the things we didn't like because I mean I'm not a picky person. Yeah. <laughs> so uh as writers, I think we tend to, to look at things with a little bit more critical, you know, eye. And for those of you who don't know, both myself and Ted are, are, are writers, and I think that's the curse of being an author sometimes. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean I'm watching these with my kids yeah, and my kids don't care about any minor continuity errors. They don't ask the questions. Well, if this person knew this person and then this person knew this person, why didn't this happen over here? You know? And I think that sometimes we get into the habit of just overanalyzing it and just not trying to enjoy it. So for me, yeah, there's a few things. that's just like, you know, one of the things that bugged me is, is why weren't, you know, why didn't Vader make sure that Reva's dead? That was one thing that just bugged me to death. And it's like, okay, maybe this is, you know, kind of I, some irony going on here because, you know, make sure your opponent's dead. And, you know, obviously Obi-Wan didn't do the same to him. And, you know, so I don't really know. Uh, another thing that kind of bugged me, it's like, you know, Reva and Obi-Wan are having this incredible conversation through a door. And they're blasting the door, and they're blasting the door, and then all of a sudden she just goes through the door with her lightsaber. <laughs> and I'm like, why didn't you just do that to begin with? It's little yeah. things like that, that mm-hmm. just I, I get, I find myself getting nitpicky about. And I'm like, why do I'm why do I care about this that much? You know, so I there wasn't a whole lot that I just did not like. Um, you know, like all Star Wars, all Star Wars. There were some. <laughs> stilted bad dialogue here and there some lines you're just like oh that should have been written bad uh-huh. but I think that's just a hallmark of Star Wars anymore so uh, you know I can look past it my kids didn't notice and they didn't care one bit so that's uh, about it that's about it for me as far as what I didn't like
1: I, I can I can honestly say that every, every single one of Ned B's lines was perfect I had no issue with any of Ned B's lines at all his yeah. dialogue was perfect Right. um I think that's sort of a joke because he didn't have any but anyway um hes <laughs> the load Ned B's the loader droid sorry yeah Matt, loader droid I mean yeah. he didn't
0: he's just like you know, hey he, he
1: would he saved tall I mean, well, for a little while no well,
0: then, then that's the thing he he just kind of he just kind of is there yeah. <laughs> so and uh it's like yeah this guy perfect so so I guess I guess for
1: me it's more about what I saw as as missed opportunities yeah. like yeah after the the earthquake and after vader puts obi-wan in the pit and he's standing over him how could you not have him say something about the high ground <laughs> like it's like who's got the high ground now you know i mean
0: oh yeah but i saw um, this okay. I saw this meme and and, and they're like okay so you put you know obi-wan down yes he was down below yes you had the high ground yes and then you took the high ground to him yes <laughs> so what do we say here i have the high ground <laughs> so yeah. um so, yeah that was a missed opportunity i thought too but again how many people would have said oh that's so cheesy yeah like, but I, I wanted it to happen the the, the big
1: well the, the the there's two there's two other ones that i really would have loved to, to do the big one was was i thought they had enough opportunities with Leia and obi-wan or they should have created one where Obi-Wan, as he's talking to her about, about her, her mom, especially, could have somehow given her forced memories and forced feelings, some sort of like we could have seen a couple of flashbacks of Padme, to redeem Leia's line in Return of the Jedi, where when Luke and Leia are talking about, you know, your mother, your real mother, it's like, yeah, I, 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 she died when I was young. And after seeing the, the prequels, like, yeah, really? really young so i would have loved for them like there was an opportunity there like like he could have given her some force impressions that would have kind of redeemed that redeemed that line and the other one that i really saw as a missed opportunity was there's this great moment um, in return of the jedi between luke and vader when they're on indoor and he's getting ready to take him to the emperor and luke is trying to turn vader to the light and vader says obi-wan once thought as you do I'm like, they're sort of do that on Mustafar a little bit, but I really thought, I mean, they came close with, the, I'm not your failure, Obi-Wan kind of thing, but yeah. I really didn't think they 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 grabbed onto that enough. And those were kind of some, those two particularly were like, I'm just like, you know, it's like, it's like, it's like, uh, it's like critic. you know, we were this close to great. We were this close to greatness.
0: Yeah. 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 Uh... I, the, the whole thing about Leia and her mother and the memory of, you know, that has always bugged me. And it's like, how are you guys going to fix this? But, you know, when you look at the entire canon of Star Wars, it really is kind of one of those things that's like, okay, why do I keep getting hung up on this all the yeah. time? And well, um, I, and if I
1: can just say one thing about that, um, I think it's really good for us as fans, whether we're fans of Star Wars or Marvel or Star Trek, Or whatever it is, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. That we not think of Canon as something that's fixed and solid. Like this isn't this isn't the 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 tablets that got handed down. This isn't this isn't like you know the 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 book or anything, like right. So I think Canon is best understood as like a complex web. And every piece of additional content's another node and it kind of shifts everything around. And if we find a plot hole, we find a continuity error, those can all be address down the line you know give it a little time a little imagination another series so to not think of it as like this this fixed and solid thing but something that's always kind of evolving for us
0: yeah I, uh, I I started watching strange new worlds and some people at work were like oh you know the bridge looks nothing like the original enterprise bridge and this is the you know our prequel and I'm like yeah because if we made the set look like it did in 19. 19- <laughs> Nobody would watch it. <laughs> it's a different generation. Come on. I mean, and so I think you're, I think you're right. Sometimes we just get so hung up on things and, and that's fine because that's, you know, we're passionate about, it. we love it. We want to see it done. Right. But at the same time, we're not the only people. It's like I said, you know, there are a lot of people who like what Disney's doing. There's a lot of people that don't. And then there are some people that are sort of indifferent. Hey, here's my question. Cause this is one question I had that's been bugging me and it's not something I dislike. It's just sort of a question I have. What happened to the fifth brother? Where did the fifth brother go? Did so, they ever answer that? I mean, the third brother's the one that shows up
1: in rebel in, in rebels, right? That's what, well, or is it the fifth brother that shows up in Rebels?
0: I thought it was the fifth brother that shows up yeah. in Rebels, yeah. I could be wrong. So,
1: Yeah. I, I, my, my exactly third or fifth brother, I'm not sure. What, I know the Grand Inquisitor and the, the, the Seven Sister or Second Sister, and yeah. you know, several of them do show up in Rebels. Several of them show up in the various comics. So, um, yeah, check out some of the, the Vader comics. You really some of the the Marvel Vader comics dive much deeper into his rel- He hates the Inquisitors, like he hates all of them, because yeah. every single one of them is a potential replacement. Like if, if Palpatine gets tired of him, um, or if he does something that Palpatine is like, like like the Grand Inquisitor could become the, the new the new Sith apprentice. Like so, right. they, there's a duel between the Inquisitor and Vader. Like there's those the comics go into that a lot deeper. So if you're curious about any of the Inquisitors, I'd, I'd go check out the comics. They're really good, too.
0: Okay. Well, I, I was just—I think he was in the first episode, if I remember correctly, and I don't think we saw him again. And it was, uh, oh, it was, I forgot the guy's name, the actor that played him. Um, he's been in a lot of other things. So anyway, I just thought, wanted to bring that up. So my next question, what I want to know next, and let's move into sort of, if they do a season two, I don't have, okay. they confirmed it yet. Um, so, that- and, so um, Hayden wants to do a season two, even wants
1: to do a season two. That's as far as, as it's, as they've gotten.
0: Okay. All right. So what I would like to see in a season two, or what I would like to see as a spinoff is where does Reba go now? Yes. Because, you know, and, you know, this is the thing that bugs me about. You know, I know she got the, the actress that played her got a lot of trolls uh, coming at her. Whether or not they were legitimate Star Wars fans, just people who are working for some sort of troll farm or whatever. <laughs> at the end of the day, she got harassed. All right. And if there were real Star Wars fans out there, you know, to me, those aren't real Star Wars fans. Those are just people who want to complain all the time. But I like the character. I thought, I thought. That um, she had a very good arc in this story, absolutely. And I would like to know where does she go now because I can't see her because you know I can't see her just cutting herself off and you know and and going into hiding. I see her joining sort of this almost like an Apostle Paul type you know storyline going on here where she all of a sudden starts being this one that you know is sort of running maybe a network of of underground Mm -hmm. helping people move and escape and go from location to location i'd like to know where does she go now that's my biggest question i had coming out of this i mean they they
1: lost the main waypoint in Mapuzo. they lost their their base right um so um the name of the planet just went slam on my head, but yeah, yeah. they, they, um, jabine God, why am not? Yeah. Yes. So, I, I can, I can so that it. whole network's got to be rebuilt. You lost Tala. I mean, it's really going to be Roken who I really, I, I'm kind of hoping we see Roken show up in the indoor series next month. Well, not well, August, but it's almost July. So I'm kind of hoping cause they, Obi-Wan kind of does the thing. You know, there aren't many leaders. We need you kind of idea. Yeah. So yeah, I'm hoping Reva, maybe, maybe, maybe Reva and Roken, you know, they help to
0: rebuild the way, um, the yeah.
1: path or the path. Sorry, not the way, the path.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that would be, a, that would be a good spinoff series. I think, I think, uh, either way, you know, and maybe, heck, maybe, maybe Riva shows up in in that series too because, um, when is okay? Now, when is that going to be set? so andor is
1: actually going to have two different time periods the first thing you're going to see in andor is his planet his home planet being destroyed during the clone wars okay Um, and then there's a second part where he's kind of getting into into the rebellion and that looks to be happening on some sort of occupied planet there's some sort of they're not full imperials but they're kind of you know they're they're in the imperial you know the imperials are, are running the place but you know the local government's kind of helping out too. Some sort of forced labor camp, maybe, or or, yeah. or prison. Not really sure from the trailers, but you know there's going to be some mission there where where Andor kind of kind of gets started. As, and we're supposed to get three seasons of Andor to take us right up to like the last scene of season three. Supposed to be the first time we see him in Rogue One.
0: Really? Yeah. That would be that would be really good. I mean, just to kind of fill in that story. And, and and show how this all developed, really, in, in a way. um. Yeah, and I, I want to see more of that. I want to see more of the underground, mm-hmm. you know, working its way and and the stories that are there. That's the thing about Star Wars, is there's so many opportunities, for you know, for, for different stories and so many different directions to go into. It's just, it's almost endless, so.
1: So I, I was really, you know, when I first started thinking about the whole second season question, my, my first thought was, I really didn't know how they could pull it off. Cause like you've done the fight with Vader, you've gotten Obi-Wan through this arc. Like you've kind of mined all the best moments. I feel like, you know, they'd be really forcing it. And, and you know, as a creative, when you're forcing it, it's not going to work. But yeah. then I started to find out that this was actually, so Obi-Wan was going to be a trilogy unto itself. It was going to be three movies. Um, and what happened was Solo didn't perform at the box office like they wanted to. And so the Obi-Wan project got scrapped. What we got in season one was basically what was going to be the first movie. It would have been the first Obi-Wan movie was what we got as, as season one with some changes, obviously, to fit the new format. Um, so I was like, well, okay, well, what was the arc of the second movie going to be, right? So the first movie kind of deals, the first movie or first season, right? We kind of dealt with Obi-Wan and, and he's going from, you know, being disconnected to Force to kind of back in the game, so to speak, to starting to work with Qui-Gon. And then, so it's kind of like, you know, surrender to the will of Force and leave the kid alone, basically, right? So, the second season was really going to go into Obi-Wan's decision on Death Star 1. In that, if you think about it, it kind of seems like a sudden thing, like he's fighting Vader, and then he sees the twins, which just it just blows your mind. Like he sees the twins together again for the first time, and it's like the Force is kind of like you did it. They're together, you know. the 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 fire is being stoked, and like he knows, like you know. But but how does he get to that point? Because, you know, it's like maybe a prophecy or Qui Gon telling him, you know, there's going to come a moment when you got to sacrifice yourself for the greater good. And be like, what? No, no, I'm going to help. I'm I can't do that. And so there had to be this this moment, this arc of his to understand that to recognize you know what what he's got to do that this sacrifice you know so the second evolution this this second arc i i don't know if that would make for compelling enough television but i think if they were going to do a second season you know that that would be the arc the other thing they could do for a second season is possibly they'd have to work on the D A G technology but give us more prequel stuff with anakin and 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 him you know maybe some clone wars arcs that they didn't do in in the in the tv show and then the one idea I did hear somebody say for season two was jump forward in time, right? And Obi-Wan meets an adult Luke Skywalker and Leia's is being held by the empire. And so Luke and Obi-Wan have to go rescue her from this new battle station
0: called the Death Star. Now that is a season two might work for me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that may work. I don't, I mean, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Maybe we should try time travel back to nineteen seventy-seven. Oh yeah, there's there's a lot of different directions. I like I said, I I know what I want to see, and I don't know how they're gonna pull off a of season two, but it would be interesting, and I'd like to see more of this. You know, sort of um, the Vader and the Inquisitors sort of play out this animosity in a way this threat yeah you know, that's another thing is is the empire rules by fear but even vader has a sense of fear to him as well in the sense that he fears he could be replaced he fears he could uh you know fail the emperor and especially right there at the very end when he when he asks him and you know it's sort of this slight hesitation just for a second mm mm-hmm like he's thinking i got to be careful here yeah so um that
1: beautiful that how that how that line echoed the same kind of sentiment that that palpatine what then same question palpatine asked him on death star 2 you know are your feelings clear lord vader
0: yes yes and you're kind of seeing that always that sense of a fear maybe even doubt in a way mm. uh begin to play out so well i loved it um you know i'm not as well versed in a, a lot of the comics and some of the books and things like that but uh, and, or the video games um so that's one goal i have is to maybe buy some of the graphic novel portions that are all the comics collected together and then start going through those one by one yep. there, um, there were
1: there were three really cool moments in the series that were direct callbacks
0: from video games yeah and that's what and, um and that's what i heard I, I there were you know obviously i didn't i wouldn't pick up on it because i didn't i didn't play out play those games but uh, i've heard that a lot of people say they really they really connect and fans of the video game of the games uh really enjoyed uh enjoyed it from from what i understand so yeah,
1: it just makes you feel seen like hey some somebody who makes this stuff loves what i love about right. that game or or you know
0: it's like, oh, no, that, that game
1: that I won, that, I, that adventure, you know, it mattered. Like somebody, you know, somebody saw that and it mattered, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, Ted, it's been good talking to you about this. And uh, for those of you out there, come to our Discord channel. Yeah, find the link in the show notes and join in on the discussion. Tell us what you loved about T- Kenobi. Tell us what you didn't. I mean, I, I'm cool with that, you know, type of discussion. Just keep it civil. Um, you know, we're all fans of the same franchise here. We all love it. Some of us love it a little bit more than others. Some of us, you know, like what Disney's doing. Some of us don't. So let's just discuss it. And until next time, this has been Geeky Dads. Talk about geeky things. See you guys later. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of Geeky Dads. Talk about geeky things. I want to talk about two things really quick. First of all, we have a private Discord channel that you can come and be a part of. So you can find the link in the show notes. Just stop by and find the thread that deals with the episode that you just listened to and join in on the discussion. Also, whatever platform you're listening to this on, if you could do us a favor and head over there and leave us a rating and review, we would greatly appreciate it. Until next week, I'm JJ Johnson.